Welcome to a Fresh Perspective podcast, catering to the latest in ingredient trends, consumer insights, and food news. Brought to you by Corbion. Hello and welcome to A Fresh Perspective, a podcast where we talk about everything food. I'm Jenny Kolzer, your host, and today my co-host is Ashley Robertson. Hey everyone, how's it going? Hi there, welcome. We're going to talk about experiences in meat today. I'm excited about this because growing up in the Midwest, we do... I mean, every single meal has to have meat in it, right? Like my husband doesn't think it's a meal unless it has meat. If not, it's just a snack. I agree. My family's very much like that too. I was thinking that the other day, like if I'm eating vegetables or tofu, it it feels not like it's it's a complete meal. I've got to have that animal protein somewhere. Yeah. And I think that, you know, a lot of um, families and people are trending towards that. It'll be exciting to talk to our guests today, who we should bring on. Let's welcome Anna Marie Roarink. She's president of 210 Analytics. And Jonna Parker. She's the team lead of IRI Fresh Foods. Welcome, ladies. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for being here. So let's just kick things off by asking, what has led to consumers wanting to experience more? Anna Marie, maybe you could take this one. Do you think it's just like current events or COVID or people just tired of what they've been eating? Well, I think first of all, it's really important to talk about the fact that we have headlines and we have trend lines. And if you look at the consumer press right now, You would think that every one of us is eating plant-based meat alternatives every day, every meal. Uh, But in reality, the household penetration for alternatives is about 10%, whereas 98% or or something very close to everybody are buying meat and preparing meat at home. So in a way, it's nothing new. What was new is really, you know, we always saw a split between people buying meat in the store and preparing it at home and then buying it in the in the restaurant scene as well. And of course, because of COVID, a lot of those meals, whether it was breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or snacks, all those meals moved to the home. And that's really when we saw how popular meat really is, because it's so much harder to track that dollar in a restaurant than it is in retail. It's funny because I always think about meat as, you know, like the primary of the meal. So I start with the meat, and then I figure out what my sides are going to be. Although, I have to tell you, if I was going to order um, meat it's almost, I'm almost never do in a restaurant. Like I'll order, you know, something vegetarian there um, because it's different food than what we have at home, right? Where we're grilling up steaks or chicken or, or something like that. So let's talk a little bit about the health impacts of a high protein diet. Has that impacted kind of the way people are eating proteins or the reasons they're eating proteins, Jana? You know, we definitely see an increase in the number of people who say that they're following a high protein, or I think the the term that's often kicked around is people who flirt with keto. Um, But what's really interesting is we look at trends over the last several years, right? If you, again, follow that consumer press, you see keto, you see keto on the shelves of grocery stores, on boxes. You also see more labeling around vegan and vegetarian, especially vegan, as as Anna Marie said, with the plant-based and the plant meat alternatives. What's so interesting is every year with the North American Meat Institute, we do a survey that 
basically asks consumers, how would you describe your diet? And we really haven't seen huge growth in people who say they're vegan vegetarians or in people who say they're extremely meat eaters. What we see growth in is people who say they're flexitarians, right? Just as you described, Jenny, I think it's very common now that people believe in a their own version of the balanced diet, which I think more is the variety <laughs> diet. And, you know, the concept of a flexitarian is I'm consciously sometimes not having meat or I'm consciously sometimes eating a lot of meat, right? And so this concept of being really flexible in different meals and not eating three squares like maybe generations before us did, I think that's what's becoming so much more common. And so we in the food industry follow trends, right? If we see the word keto more on shelves or we see a report from IRI or 210 Analytics that says there's tons of growth in meat alternatives, we follow the growth. But at the end of the day, what is selling right now, as Anna Marie said, is we're taking more breakfast and lunch and snacks at home, right? And yes, dinner at home is more popular, but ultimately it's the breakfast and lunch growth that we've seen phenomenal, you know, tailwinds just pushing so many sales of everything from coffee to breakfast, to breakfast meats and lunch meats. And the people are also choosing higher quality elements of those. We saw a tremendous growth in lunch meat from the deli that was prepackaged as grab and go last year. Great growth in specialty cheese. Those, that growth sustained even after we were in really fierce lockdown. And that's because ultimately we're flexitarians and want variety. So interesting. Um, Just kind of building on that, you know, are there differences in the way that um, those, those groups are kind of defining like what value means to them? So do flexitarians define it differently than maybe vegans and vegetarians versus the one that's, you know, always having some sort of meat, meat for lunch, breakfast, and dinner. Absolutely. Well, first of all, I think value is always in the eye of the beholder. And so oftentimes when we talk about value, we see people think about, oh, that's got to be low price. Well, that's not at all true. I think value is the combination of a desired price point with a desired quality point. And what we're seeing in the current market is that a lot of shoppers, I believe it's 94%, they're looking for meat with a high quality protein. So it's not just about any kind of meat. They're really being more discerning into what they're looking for. And we see that throughout the store, there is a bit of a premiumization trend going on where on the one hand, People are cooking more at home, but they're also realizing that they can save a lot of money that way. So we're seeing people, um, especially millennials, buy more meat than they have in prior years. We're seeing people use different appliances because of it. So back to your value, I think it all means to what is... What is the value for me? Is it saving time? Is it saving money? Is it serving my family a very healthful meal, which I define as being healthful, which might be very different than what you define as healthful? So I think really for the entire meat industry, it's about having a very good uh, definition of what they can bring to the consumer, whether that's quality or lower prices and oftentimes talked about differentiation. And I think in the marketplace that we're in right now, that's really the name of the game. Yeah. The appliances part, 
is is funny to me because you know you can everybody always takes things and puts them in their personal life. For me, I now have an air fryer. Um, I have a instant pot, and I've actually bought three instant pots because I use them so much that they die, and then I buy a new one day. No, I use it almost every single night to feed my family of six. Oh my gosh. Um, And then I use sous vide, which I don't even want to eat meat in a restaurant anymore because my sous vide steaks are far better. So it really has changed how I eat. I don't have to go out to get the best steak. I can get the highest quality and I can cook it the best way. One of the facts that we have, you know, laid out for this podcast is that 62% of households own air fryers right now. Which is kind of incredible when you consider they didn't even exist like five years ago. Like I, if they did, I'd never heard of one, right? But it's like the healthy way to get something crunchy and you get kind of that texture that you want. So I think you bring up something though, Jenny, that is important and that, that Anna Marie touched on. I just want to emphasize value is in the eye of the beholder. And what the air fryer has brought in terms of our meat and food industry in terms of value is the value of time and flavor. But why as an industry did we let an appliance do that for us? Why couldn't we as marketers or retailers or suppliers create that value ourselves? And that gets back to value is variety. Value is, you know, for you, it's time. For you, it's portion. I actually never use my Instant Pot because I didn't, I'm not a very good cook. So for me, value comes into what actually just happens to use the same word, was an entire segment of the marketplace around meal solutions and value add. And I think that is, that's the industry's answer to the Instant Pot. For generations now, literally back to the late 1800s, supermarkets have sold categories and we manage products and retailers sell departments. But we all walked in and said, what's for dinner? And actually during COVID, we walked in and said, oh my gosh, I'm going to be sitting here in front of my Zoom call for 18 hours tomorrow. What's for breakfast? (laughs) And when the heck am I going to get up to get a snack? And, you know, while I don't think the grocery store will go completely over to meal solutions, I do think the rise of digital, the rise of appliances has let us as marketers have this magic moment of solving the meal for people. And it's also magical because you touched upon something that really is a big trend called the more confident cook. Both, you know, Gen Zs and millennials, uh, and even just people overall are buying more meat now than during the pandemic. Honestly, as awful as it took a pandemic to do for us, I don't know if we would have seen the same engagement with meat and what's for dinner, lunch, and breakfast from the younger generation because they had literally grown up with how easy it was to get food service, how easy it was to get drive through how easy it was to buy um, pizza delivered to your door. But at the end of the day, that value word When you cook a meal at home, even if you add up the pennies, which rarely people do, it ends up being more of a value than if you ate out. And now you've got quality and experience and you got to customize that taste and those ingredients. And that's the value for consumers. So how do we as an industry just make that meal more of a well-rounded piece that meets their needs as opposed to selling them ground beef or selling them, you know, flag steak? Like you, I do own an air fryer. And the first year of its life in my house, it sat on top of the dryer collecting dust. I never used it. Then I got very frustrated with the fact that when I make bacon on the stove, my entire stove is covered in (laughs) grease platter. 
So I figured, you know what, I have this thing, I'm going to try it. And I've been sold ever since. Uh, I have not gotten around to buying an instant pot, but I will say my air fryer probably gets used every day, every other day. And to your point, um, it's changed the face of cooking all these appliances have. Sous vide is still growing very quickly. And what it's done, I think, is uh, you talked about wanting variety. And when you eat out, that's when you want to buy something that you don't make at home. And that is such a key point because in the past, we had people eating out because they were bored with the meals they were making at home. So what happened last year is so many people were cooking more and as a result, got a little bit better. We're calling this the meat IQ because people were intimidated by lamb. They were intimidated by steak because you're spending a lot of money. Seafood, same thing. You're spending a lot of money. And then, well, do I know how to prepare it, right? So as we were forced to, to prepare it or eat meatballs every day, um, you know, a lot of us, played around with things and are more comfortable and confident around things. And that's really where the appliances come in as well. Uh, it's very easy to put things in an instant pot. And it also goes back to a lot of people have all the best intentions in the world to cook, open their refrigerator and realize all that's in there is some expired condiments and shriveled up. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and what happened last year as well is we all started stocking up on food and having a fully packed fridge and refrigerator. So that's really another change where we can open our refrigerator and have some items to cook because we've also gotten better at figuring out, well, I have this, this and this. Let's make this meal today. So a lot of I things. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I was, you know, before COVID, I think chicken breast was the only chicken part that I would necessarily really feel comfortable cooking, but the Instant Pot definitely opened up chicken thighs, um, me up to the world of chicken thighs. And so those were something I would never try to try to cook. I always felt the texture was not great for me. And now with the Instant Pot, I'm, I'm cooking chicken thighs at least once a week. So it feels good that I can try different types of meat and different cuts of meat too, and, and have that variety. Jonah, you, you talked a little bit about retailers kind of stepping up their game when it comes to experiencing more. Are there specific ones? Sorry. If I'm, I absolutely love your dachshund. Dachshund. She's not on my lap. She's not happy. Can you talk about some of the retailers um, that are standing out in the way that they're presenting items to consumers that are wanting to come in and say, Hey, what's for dinner? Not what, what cut of meat am I going to eat? Where, where, what dairy piece am I going to buy for the whole meal? But ones that have really stood out in, in presenting the entire package to, to consumers. You know, the one thing that's a bummer about the pandemic is I didn't get around to as many stores. I usually love as Anna Marie does. And so we've gotten flooded with pictures from all over the country. And the ones that stood out to me, I don't even know their names. So I'd rather just describe what they're yeah. doing. And that is one of my favorite pictures that we highlighted at the North American Meat Institute was Taco Night in Pittsburgh, I think it was. Maybe it was Giant Eagle or somewhere in that range. But the idea of saying it's Taco Night. That's the kind of magical piece that immediately put into that shopper who's going around going, what on earth am I going to cook? I should have tacos, right? Secondly, I love when folks, I think the biggest opportunity in 2021 this year is we know the number one thing that consumers want to do is get together with friends and family they haven't seen in a long time. 
more so than travel, more so than go out to a fancy schmancy dinner that they've had to put away. It's get together with friends and family. So we've seen retailers say things like it's halfway to St. Patrick's Day, right? And then merchandising corned beef and cabbage, instant idea. We've seen, you know, now that it's grilling season, I'd love to see more. I've only seen a few, but more retailers either, not even so much in the paper circular, but on their websites, in their apps, in the store, say, why not get together? We've all been inside too long. Here not only is a steak, here's a picture of how to do it, and here's a QR code with the best way to get flavor out of it. Here's some great sides, not just assuming that they're going to think of corn and baked potatoes, but what are those- lasagna. Exactly. I mean, there's so many examples, and I just think it's more about the retailer incenting an idea, even more than a price. Yes. So this is an incredible conversation. I literally am loving every minute of it, mostly just because I feel like every single thing we're talking about just speaks to me um, as a mother and as a a consumer and as a person that works in food. Let's do our eat, save, give game. We're a little bit late, um, but better late than never. So uh, let's get started. Now it's time for Eat, Save, Give, a thoughtful peek into the hearts, minds, and taste palates of our guests. So Eat, Save, Give is a game we play on every podcast. Um, I'm going to give you three food items, and we're going to ask you which one you would eat right now, which one you might save for later, and which one you might give away. So we always start with our guests, and here are our items. Um, A bacon jam patty melt, a warm bowl of pho with a slice of pork roll, or chicken pad thai. Uh, let's start with you, Anna Marie. Which one would you eat, save, or oh, give? I would definitely eat the pad thai first. It's been a while that I've had Thai food. Absolutely love it. I guess I would give away the bowl of what was it, pho? I believe uh, it was. Yeah. All right. And then save the other one. The bacon jam patty melt. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's hard to jam. pass on bacon right away. But, oh, um, I know. So you're going to save it. It's going to heat up just fine. Absolutely. Yes. Bacon reheats well. Yes. Jonna, what about you? So it's funny because maybe it's because we're having a conversation about inciting ideas in people's minds, but I'm here in Phoenix and it's only 9.33. So as soon as you said bacon jam, I thought breakfast. And I think eating a bacon jam patty melt for breakfast sounds pretty darn good right now. So I'll eat that first. Um, I'll save the pad thai for later because like Anna Marie, I love thai. And I think it's also something I cannot remotely cook myself. So I would happily save that for dinner tonight. And then I'd give away the pho because I've honestly never had it before. And I kind of want a royal taste tester to tell me how it is before I jump in. What about you, Ashley? I'm actually going to follow... exactly the way it's Jonah. I'm going to have the bacon jam patty melt right now. I'm going to give away the pho and I will save the pad thai for later. Literally are my, those are my exact answers. And that's just because I've had pho, but I don't love it that much. Like it's okay. It's just not my favorite. So I'll give that away. Somebody else can have it. Um, love chicken pad thai. I love all pad thai actually. Just, just pad thai is all by itself. It's fine. But yeah, I'm hungry for lunch and bacon jam patty melt sounds amazing. So Thanks for participating in our little game. And we have talked so much, which I love, but we're almost out of time. So we have time for just one more question for um, for this group. At Corbion, the word impossible doesn't stop us. It gets us going. 
As a leading global ingredient supplier, we create sustainable food solutions based on renewable resources and natural processes. We are obsessed with solving impossible challenges for our customers. Let's partner together to find solutions unique to you and preserve what matters most. Corbion, keep creating. Tell us how you think companies can prevent food fatigue for consumers that have always bought the same protein offering. So that's kind of talking back about what we were just talking about with the value. Yeah, I'll jump in. So first of all, I think we often talk about the cross-merchandising stations that Jana mentioned, but we have to keep in mind that that takes a lot of labor hours, a lot of people physically moving product. And that's hard, especially during a time where stores are short of people working in their uh, in their stores and especially in the meat department. So what I've seen uh, many different ways is, first of all, using signage. Like, for instance, in the sliced cheese or in the hamburger buns area, hang up signage to already inspire people to buy hamburger meat or uh, burgers as well. Also keep in mind that a lot of people are now buying online. So I love the idea. I was on Pinterest the other day and I was actually looking for Harry Potter birthday gifts. Um, but all of a sudden, a advertisement popped up. It was Walmart and it was blueberry season and they were showing how you can make a blueberry galette, whatever that is. But then you could click on the uh, on the link and all the items that went into that recipe, you could just add them right to your basket. So literally yes. everything from the ice That's cream really to the easy. blueberries to the pie crust to the eggs, whatever was in there, all you had to do was click once on the recipe, click once on I want to buy all the items and click once on checkout. And that was it. So imagine what technology like that could do for the meat department. And all of a sudden, I don't have to think about what's for dinner. I don't have to see what all I need to buy. Three clicks and dinner is on the table. I mean, that sounds just wonderful to me. I love it. I love that innovation continues, right? Like I didn't know that air fryers existed. I didn't know, you know, the Instant Pot is a new iteration of just my mom's old pressure cooker, but who knows what's next, right? Like, like you said, you can order things all as a big group or um, I, I don't, I'm excited to see, you know, how we continue to innovate in this space. So thank yeah, you absolutely. so much for joining us, Anna Marie and Jana. Um, I loved having you on and uh, we'll definitely do this again soon. So much. Sounds great. Fun. Thank you. So that was an incredible conversation. Yes, I loved I it. Absolutely. I did too. Great information. Great points. I wanted to talk for hours. Yeah, and I'm hoping that we get to do that again with them soon because it was, um, I I love the, the conversations that we get to have that really tie back to our lives, both as consumers and working in the food business, you know, um, just kind of great learning and talking material. Yeah, I totally agree. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining me as a co-host. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Great. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow us, and uh, see what we're up to on thecorbioncut.com and bakerstape.com. And uh, we'll see you next time. And don't forget, keep creating. <laughs>